Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two things this week. First off, we watched Jupiter's Legacy, which is a new Netflix original series. The premise of it is they're the first generation of superheroes, but as they pass the torch to their children, tensions are rising and the old rules no longer apply. It stars Josh Duhamel, Ben Daniels, and Leslie Bibb, and as I mentioned, it's on Netflix, and for the first time in a very long time, I actually don't have to say spoiler alert because we only watched the first episode. We don't go too much into the plot in our discussion. Instead, we actually ended up talking a lot more about sort of the state of streaming originals, not just on Netflix, but just across all networks and, and the quality of original streaming series and what that used to mean versus what that means now. So again, not a major spoiler alert for that one. However, a major spoiler alert for the film Together Together, which is the other thing we watched this week. It's a film and it stars Ed Helms and Patty Harrison. And Ed Helms plays a single 45-year-old man who decides that he wants a child and is not in a partnership and so decides to hire a surrogate. The film follows their relationship and I'm going to sort of leave it at that but it's a cute film. We do recommend seeing it. We do talk a little bit about how it ends and then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion. There are actually a lot of follow-up points this week, some of which we at least found very interesting. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? So this week we watched at least the first episode of Jupiter's Legacy, which is a new show on Netflix. What did you two think? It was a thing I watched, I guess, is all I really <laughs> have to say, which is not... It's very bizarre because I won't say that like while I was watching it, I was bored or I don't know what happened, but like I was thinking about having to record about this and I realized I didn't have anything to say and I just mm -hmm. don't know why. It's like I barely remember what happened in it. Like it was maybe just so unoriginal that it just all sort of went, it, none of it stuck with me. So like I can't even speak to much actually, I guess. That's very valid. Matt? Yeah, I, you know, for the first, like, half of it was very kind of like, uh, <laughs> like, what? I just, I didn't care at all. And then I liked the second half a little bit better, but still didn't uh, continue watching on, and I definitely had time to do that. I just didn't. And so I don't know for sure that I'm not going to try anymore, but I also just don't feel horribly pressed to. I, I honestly didn't know much about it going in until we talked about it and that it was coming out. And then I knew Mark Miller wrote the comics and I actually have never even read the comics or any of that. I hadn't heard of it as far as I knew. And what I found interesting is my, even though I didn't know much going in, my expectations kind of went up hearing that Mark Miller wrote it because his, his comic book adaptations have been some of my favorite comic book adaptations that we've had. And I was just kind of like, Huh. Like I even like Wanted, and I know what's a really loose adaptation of those comics, but I, I like the movie Wanted, and then I love the Kick-Ass films, and I love the Kingsman films, you know. Like, and I mean, keep in mind he wrote Civil War, Mike Marvel's Civil War, and so it's like he's written such great stuff, and I have to believe the comics are probably decent, but I just thought the, I just thought it fell flat. Yeah, I mean, same. As soon as I saw, because I didn't know anything about this until we were like, hey, we're gonna watch it, and I was like, okay. And then I saw Mark Miller's name, and I was like, oh, okay, this might actually be worth watching. Yeah, like source material must be good, or, we, or maybe, you know. Yeah. I'm sure he has misses as well, but I've, everything I've read of his I liked <laughs> that I know of. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize it was Mark Miller until you just said that. Oh. I'm fully aligned with you both because I want, you know, the, even the, I would say like the, the poster image looked a little half-baked like it just you know, like Josh, du Josh Dumel's like aged makeup just did not look quite the production quality I was expecting and I 
I fully acknowledge I was just playing video games on my switch and it was on the background after I made it like half an hour and I was like nope this is not a but I you know I let it autoplay for three or four episodes possibly I lost track so I have I have two questions not related to the content of it because I, I you know I don't even think it's worth talking about that's how bad it was not bad bad maybe bad's the wrong word but just just unmemorable it was yeah do yeah. we think part of this is because have we re-hit the point of superhero saturation? Because we had this break during the pandemic, right? Where we, you know, we didn't have Marvel films. We didn't have DC films for the most part. Up until, you know, really WandaVision, I feel like. There was there was a gap. Do we think that because we then got WandaVision and then we got uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, we got Wonder Woman 1984 into Justice League, you know, superheroes are back. Do we think that played into it at all? Or do we think independently... It just was not great. For me, I thought about that also, but in kind of different terms. I think it played into it, uh, but almost more in a way that I'm like, we've been feeling superhero saturation for several years now. And even though, yes, we did get that break and then it was kind of exciting to get, like WandaVision was refreshing for a lot of reasons, but also it was exciting to have them back, I felt. And in this world where there's so many superhero stories flying around. It, Pun intended. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no pun. But, you know, Jackie mentioned that it, it wasn't very original. It's like, it's it's kind of like if you're going to be greenlighting new stuff, make it like The Boys, where The Boys is original, you know, and I feel like this wanted to be kind of like that. And it wasn't. And The Boys felt fresh, like a fresh take on the Watchmen story, on the Civil War story, the stuff that this is all touching on. And, you know, I, Watchmen's always a hot button item for me because it is my absolute favorite graphic novel. And I do love the film adaptation. But I mean, it has its issues, but I love it overall. But it's like, you know, when you're going to get into this kind of political and the issues that they're kind of getting into here, it's it's straight from that, you know, and the, the next generation of superheroes with the pressure to take it on over the ones that were there before and how the political climate changes and, you know, all that stuff is is already explored in, in my opinion, such a great way that if you're going to do it again, it has to be fresh. And that's what The Boys does, in my opinion. This felt more like Umbrella Academy to me. And I do not like Umbrella Academy at all. I have not read it, but that oh. show I cannot with. That's yeah. funny. I actually kind of like Umbrella Academy. I know a lot of people who do. I just, and I watched most, I, I think I actually finished season one. I got definitely to like the last episode and was like, I just don't like this. And then I was like, well, I might as well finish. So I'm fairly certain I did finish it, but didn't like it. And a part of that was I didn't like some of the writing. I liked some characters, but some of the writing was just eye roll. And I felt like in this, some of the writing dialogue, maybe it was delivery. I was rolling my eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cringe. I will. I'll agree with everything there. You, you know, The Boys isn't my favorite show. I haven't even watched season two. I did watch I think all of season one, or at least most of season one. But I think that, you know, even though it's not necessarily my cup of tea, it is a really interesting take on the superhero genre. And I mm -hmm. think that this definitely is not. And it felt like, at least set design wise, they were really going for a boys vibe here. Yep. And if you're going to go copycat with it, you have to make it remotely as good. And this is just such a poor, uninteresting look at the genre. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Is anyone else watching Invincible on Amazon Prime? Yes, I watched that. Yeah. I mean, Invincible is 
it probably answers my own question because Invincible is, you know, it's it's animated, but it's still a comic book show. It's about superheroes and it's about the progeny of a superhero. And I find it a million times more compelling than I mm-hmm. found Jupiter's Legacy. In fact, I literally watched, you know, I think that finally I quit Jupiter's Legacy. I was like, nope. And I watched Invincible just to kind of cleanse my palate. And so I was like, I guess it's not, maybe it's not superhero fatigue. Maybe it's just Jupiter's Legacy is really bad. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Which brings me to my second question about it. I at least felt like in the beginning with Netflix, if they announced an original series, and I can't remember what the very first original series is, but there were they had a hot streak for a while, right? Where it was just mm-hmm. like, ooh, Orange is the New Black. Ooh, Stranger Things. Ooh, what, like independent of maybe how you felt exactly about the plots, there was care put into them and production quality. Super Legacy had like an okay amount of production quality, but you know, we've had this, we had Shadow and Bone last week that we talked about. I feel like there's just this dilution happening. And I'm wondering, are we really actually showing that like quantity and quality are truly inverse of each other at this point? Is every streaming network going to hit this point? Like is Disney plus going to hit this point in terms of originals? Yeah, it's a concern because I I agree with you that I remember a time like 2015, 2016, when there was a movie that was announced that Netflix was releasing. I remember watching the trailer and talking to my friend who I worked with at the time, just being like, oh my God, like how, why would they do this? And she goes, oh, she's like, well, what do you think? Everything they do is amazing. And I was like, well, I mean, the quality that what they were doing was even the stuff I didn't love. It's like you, you respected the quality of it and you knew, you know, it was kind of almost bridging on that, what we usually expect and have expected all these years from HBO. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't like something, but the quality feels like movie quality. I always, you know, that kind of thing I always say. And it, it feels right you know when you're watching but yeah it's like there's so much stuff that they keep releasing and it's like left and right everyone's releasing a bunch of stuff but yeah i don't think that they're taking the time to really kick the care and focus anymore i think that their documentaries are pretty decent what i think is interesting too is that people like like matt and i are the target audience for a show like this like Mm -hmm. jupiter's legacy is our target field and neither of us had heard of it before it dropped which is kind of it's speaking to the fact that they don't even have the resources to, you know, have campaigns for every show. Well, I bet you they have the resources. They're just choosing where right. to employ them. Yeah. And so, you know, they're doing so much right now that they're literally not taking the time to even promote these shows. Well, it's not just that. There's like a movie every week, right? And it's just like, oh, you know, movie of the week used to be a very bad thing. And then when Netflix says they're doing it, it's like, oh, this could be good. And Track record wise, it has not been great. And it made me think of something that you said last week, Jackie, about the autoplay afterwards and how when Net- if it's a Netflix show, it plays faster. I find it really, because Netflix doesn't actually produce a lot of these shows, right. but they'll slap their name on them as an original. And I feel like they maybe need a sub brand or something else that is still maybe under their guise, but the, the, the term Netflix original is starting to mean less and less to me. 100%. Yeah. It is, and they are starting to produce more things than they used to, whereas before they weren't producing any of it, from what I know. And so some of it they are, some of them they aren't, but it's hard to know which which those are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, we don't even know what they're buying, what they're responsible for, unless it's something like that Andy Circus, like Jungle Book, when like we heard that wasn't going <laughs> to theater anymore and they bought it. Then we knew they didn't make it, right? Yeah. But but unless it gets, it's like a news story, we don't really know. And I'm not really sure how to find out, to be honest. But I, I also am not going to go research, you know, 52 movies out of the, out a year to go figure out if they did it or not and try to right. compare whether or not they 
are actually good at producing things or not. And it's just, it, it's getting, yeah, it's getting really messy and muddy. And it's to Jackie's point. Also, I don't know about any of these movies that are coming out hardly. I just see them. There's a horror one on there with Amanda Seyfried that I was like, I'd never even heard of this. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised that you, yeah, of all the people. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I've never, and I'm on Netflix a fair amount. You know, I'm not, I'm not on there every day necessarily, but I'm on there enough to where like, why is this stuff not coming across my radar? Like, why am I not being targeted? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to tell the ones that they really, really produce because they come out at award season and right. I get a lot of screeners <laughs> for them. And I, I, I want to be clear, like, I don't want to knock Netflix too much for this because oh. we we do, you know, we want the content. People want the content. We may be a little more discerning than some people, but there's still stuff to watch. And especially in this last year, that's been very valuable. But at the same time, you get, you're devaluing your originals brand, not your brand as a service, but... Right. Yeah, I think the idea of sub brand is a great idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Netflix presents or something, you know, that it, it doesn't tarnish the originals. Yeah, I mean they do it for anime, I think. Or it's like NX on Netflix or something like that, you know. Mm. At least that's their social handles for it. But I just I don't know if this is the one that broke me on it, but I was just like this is Really? You're going to put that big old red N on it? Like, okay, that's a, that's a I think choice. so quickly after Shadow and Bone being so disappointing, I think yeah. that it was just kind of two heavy things that should have been up all of our alleys. Right. And just being so like, that, 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 that it, it just was feels... just such a bummer. It just, it feels, yeah. feels more depressing than it would have if, if we hadn't watched I want, yeah. I wanted to like both of these shows. I don't know if the two of you have kept up with the like weekly movies. I don't keep watch all of them, but I've watched like a fair amount just because, you know, it's kind of a content drought and I like review movies on Fridays and some of them have just been spectacularly terrible. Well, I, just, I don't want to knock Anthony Mackie too much, but he's had two. He's had two that are very bad. I'm like, come on, man. Like, have, have there, this is a question for you. You've watched more than I think uh, we probably have. Have there been any that have stood out to you in a way that's like, well, that was really great? I cannot think of one. And th- I think this is part of the problem though. In that, because there's a new one every week, it just cycles through my brain. Yeah. And but I, you'd you remember know, a great film. That's true. I remember a great film generally. You'd remember and, it, you know. Yeah, I I don't think there's anything I can think of in the last. No, I don't think so. I'm like looking through everything I've. And I mean, you you enjoyed Mitchell's and the Machines more than we did, I think. So it's like yes. you, that was enjoyable. So like that could maybe be one that you liked. But then it's like if, the fact that you have to you can't even think of. Well, yeah, so I think the reason I don't include Mitchell's versus the Machines there is just because I, in my mind, that's a Sony film because it was done at Sony. It was what, you know, it just happened to be distributed through Netflix. That's, I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but I mean. But they're labeling it the same as their originals. Yeah. It's like, you know. This may not have been the case for me personally, but I'm looking at like sort of my last queue of things reviewed. And I I feel like maybe the, the best series, at least, is Bridgerton. Yay. I loved Bridgerton, but I didn't think you guys liked it that much. (laughs) I I don't like it it that much, but I will acknowledge that it was quality. It was amusing to a lot of people. I did watch the whole thing. You know, I kind of hate watched it, but like, you know, I hate watched Emily in Paris and I would, here's a question. Emily in Paris or Jupiter's Legacy? Emily in Paris. I mean, I watched Emily in Paris. I I watched the whole thing and I have no plans on watching any more of this. Yeah. Right. Well, and to be clear, I didn't like Bridgerton for the most part. Mostly the story, I found it kind of boring. Whatever. I didn't think that it was poorly done. You know, yeah. like th- that had quality to it. The last thing that I can think of that just pops into mind that I thought felt, I think I even said, I think we talked about it, and I think I said that I thought it felt kind of like real movie quality, which I know we've talked about the distinction between there. You know, like 
But Enola Holmes, I thought was cute, and I thought oh, that I did, awesome. I did like that one. Yeah, I really. And yeah. that's the last that kind of comes into my mind when I think of like the Netflix originals. I, I'm sure there's been a show or two that I've liked. I just well, a Queen's Gambit. Scrolling through, I'm like, oh, oh Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah, is that was quality. Yeah. yeah. So they've still got things up their sleeve. It's just it's so hit or miss because there's so much coming out. Is that what's going on? They weren't doing I... quite as much as frequently before. I think so. I, I mean, I'm assuming so. And I, I also have to say their reality programming is chef's kiss. I like, will say I'm pretty obsessed been, with the, the circle and you yes. know, dying for the next season. It's been fun. And I enjoyed season. playing Empire enough. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's been fun. They've had some fun reality stuff on there for sure. I mean, as produced as a lot of it is, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of Selling Sunset. Like there, there have been things. <laughs> That's what that I have I, not gotten into yet. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's different, but I I still it's so, enjoy it's, it. But it's it so is. my alley, right? Like you yeah. and I are very aligned on our, our reality. Yeah, it's such a soap opera, and I just like I was like, this is fun. You know, I yeah. pick my favorite, and I'm like, okay, I'm on your team, and it's just it's stupid. But. Yeah, but I just <laughs> like in general, I cannot think of anything that. Yeah, no, no I got nothing. Yeah, got nothing. like what are the like that's that's exactly it. It's like you know you remember. Back then, when you said you said Orange is the New Black, we had like House of Cards. Everyone was super into, and it's like, yeah, you, like what? Where are the shows? I mean, I had you know, and I, I know Jackie had, and I think you liked them too as well, Dana. Some of them, but the, the Marvel, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, like these shows, mm-hmm. where we had things that were like, okay, I am waiting to watch this thing mm-hmm. on Netflix, and it's like I just it's been so long <laughs> since I really like- felt passionately about something. Like I loved like Mind Hunter, which I know is. Oh, I loved Mind Hunter. Oh, well, okay. this one I came to very late, but like BoJack Horseman, I think is spectacular. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about that. Yeah, like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. At least in the beginning, I really liked. Enjoyed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really good as problematic as it is. Oh, I love Frankie yeah. and Grace too. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Grace and Frankie. Like, oh, I, I hope that comes back. I think they have one more season. I'm pretty so sure too, they yeah. do, but I don't know. Every time, it, it, I never know when that's coming out. It just tells me. And yeah. I'm excited. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that I think the last one that I was like, that I'm like, I, okay, right when it drops, I got to watch it all is, is dead, dead to me. Oh, dead, dead to me. Oh, dead I didn't, me. I didn't. And that one I love. I love But it. yeah, but the, they're not as big feeling and as frequent as I feel like. They used to feel, even though they're getting so much stuff. But maybe it is because they're sprinkling it with so much other friends. I'm also wondering, now that we have gotten the Friday drops from Apple Plus and Disney Plus, do we think that maybe we're missing some of the excitement from some of these shows because they drop all at once? You see it so all like oversaturation. and it's over. And then you get to move on and forget about it. Whereas the shows that drop weekly, we get to obsess over for a little while. And so it becomes a little more part of our culture, vernacular, you know, whatever. It's an interesting thought. You know, HBO's always been doing it and they kept doing it. But it's like now that these other two newer platforms are releasing things we care about and they are doing it that way, it's kind of bringing it back to that and away from the binge that we got so involved with. So it's interesting to think about. Well, because if you think about like, I forgot we talked, we, I forgot about Queen's Gamut. I forgot about Bridgerton and both those, both of those I loved was looking forward to you know but I was thinking I would you know I would automatically think of the Mandalorian or you know one of those things that we watched weekly as a as a you know community I, I it's a very valid thought I have to I like I'm it's percolating in my brain but I'm also thinking like 
I guess there was a time where it'd be like, oh, Netflix series would drop. I'd still be really excited. But now there's just so many of them mm-hmm. that I can't, I have to, I can't keep track. I just purge it from my brain. And I'm just like, oh, we're on to the next one. Even when it's a series I really like, like I'm, you know, I was scrolling through this list of like the best Netflix real series. I'm like, oh, Big Mouth. I love Big Mouth. Like, that's a great show. It's still vaguely on. Narcos for a while was pretty good. Just, And I yeah. did, I loved Ozark. But, but I, I think there is a point there, at least for me, that the idea of binging something or having something drop all at once currently does sometimes because there are so many things available to watch everywhere as we get more platforms, they do start to feel a little bit um, aggressive and kind of like a chore. Like, okay, I've got to like watch all of that, you know, like this weekend or whenever, if I want to get through it all before spoilers or whatever, if it's something I'm looking forward to. And maybe that is a, a good point, like where it's like we have these other services that are all kind of, gearing up like we're amping up now whereas like you go back two three years we didn't have nearly as many you know and so it's like there's so much content we have to be a little choosier and then one episode like this disappointed me I'm not even willing I'm not even interested in trying more whereas maybe I would have before well and I will also argue that we talk less about the shows you know that drop all in one chunk because we're afraid that we're going to be spoiling people because we're not sure when Mm -hmm. they started or ended with any of it so when you watch something weekly you know, I'm going to assume, you know, within 48 hours of it dropping that it's fairly safe for me to say something vaguely spoilery, right, about the episode, at least in some ways to most of the people I know who watch the show. Whereas like a Netflix one is a little more complicated because I'm like, oh, I'm in episode four, but no one remembers what happened in episode four because you watched it all in one row, one big mush, right? And so the conversation becomes a little more stilted because you can't like compare notes very easily. You know what's a funny kind of worst of all the worlds in that scenario is something like The Circle, which was dropping in three or four episode chunks weekly. And so I'd be like, I don't know where I am. I don't know where anyone else is. And for the first season of The Circle, because it came out, did it come? No, it came out pre-quarantine. So I was talking about it like in person in office. But, you know, like I, I just have no benchmark of being like, oh, where are you at? So I just have to be like, hey, I can't talk about this with you until it's completely over. Because, so you know, it's like, oh, the first episode I watched with some coworkers and I was like, we can talk about that. But then it started playing into the second one and I didn't, at that, you know, game over. I don't know where people are. And so I had to, I, I just had to cease conversation about it. And so it's like, I don't get the perks of feeling safe to talk about it without spoiling if it's a weekly show but I also don't get to be like okay I know everyone has binged this and we can talk about it at the very end very quickly yeah totally I think it's just an interesting like I feel like Netflix is definitely like on a hill that they're gonna die that way but I also feel like it is a little bit of a detriment to their like fandom that surrounds certain shows that they have yeah Matt I want to go back to something you said earlier because it's funny you were talking about how HBO does their stuff I do think they're looking for a way to transition because with HBO Max, there were a couple shows when they first launched that they were like, yes, it's weekly. And then suddenly they're like, "Uh, it's just kidding. Uh, Here's the last four episodes. Yeah. Or like the way they did, because that's where 12 Dates of Christmas was, right? Where it was like, here's three at a time, right? Yeah. 12 Dates of Christmas was the same as like the Circle season two. Yeah. So like, here's three at a time. Like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, huh. Yeah, I think they're more willing to do that with like reality competition shows, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh, but they did that for, I, I think I was the only one who finished it, but that I can't even remember the name. That's how meh it was. The one about kids in London in working at like a mm. bank or, or like investment firm. Yeah, right, I don't remember right, what right. that was called, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. And I watched the whole thing. Yeah. But they, you know, they were just like, oh, here you go. Here's the last four episodes. It's like, what? Yeah. 
Well, it's true. Okay. They're experimenting with it, but then some things like, you know, they've had his dark materials and that seemed to be weekly. And then they've had other things where they were sticking with what they'd done with like Game of Thrones and everything before that was one big episode a week. But then, yeah, there have been others where they've been doing chunks or they're doing the model that my first personal experience that I remember it, this model was the morning show Apple TV Plus where they released three episodes because they did this research and decided that it took three episodes to completely hook somebody. Mm. And so they wanted to release it all as one at a time. And then they did it with Dickinson as well, where, you know, they wanted to release it. And so you could get hooked and then you were on the hook weekly after that. And so I feel like when that started happening and then Disney's done it a little bit too, HBO's doing that as well. I don't know that Apple was the pioneer of it. I no, but I really it. like so that. I, I think it. it's a, I think it's a good, um, I love I'm that because you really get, because then, I mean, it is absolutely the pilot episode's job to hook you, but I will say that, like, it helps that you have another one to watch so you can get more invested in the characters and the story before needing to remember to watch it every week, right? Well, by the time you get through two or three of them, you know where the, you can kind of feel where the season's going and get Mm -hmm. super hyped about the next episode, Mm -hmm. whereas watching a pilot and enjoying it, you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to watching that again, but then you might miss it, put it off, and then, like, you know, because you're busy or whatever, and then it's, like, you get you fall five behind. <laughs> well, also, <laughs> you know uh, for, for anybody on the fence, right, if you're on the fence about a pilot and there's another one available, you're more likely to just be like, all right, I'll keep going, as opposed yeah. to, like, oh, I have to come back to this? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I, Apple TV Plus, I think, did that for all of their launch originals because it was, like, yeah. C? Is C the show with Jason Momoa? Oh, and yeah, C, they did that. Yeah, and then For they All Mankind, it. they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they continue to do it. Yeah. Before, and uh, I mean, you know, losing Alice and Tehran, all the ones that this last year that I love, they did it with that too. Look at uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You know, we got three. We should have gotten four. Should have gotten four. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think we went over like, okay, there was a reason for it. It was not, they wanted to do four. Yeah. Uh, couldn't do it. But yeah, well, I don't, I just don't know what to look forward to on Netflix. It's not like I'm not going to subscribe. It's not like I'm not going to keep watching things, but it's just, I, I get less and less excited when I see that like Netflix original coming soon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And to that note, I always used to think like, oh yeah, you know, I, I won't, I'm never going to unsubscribe never, you know, but if they don't start getting some stuff that I'm like living for soon, I mean, I'm current, I mean, it's like $17.99 a month at this point where it's like, it's I'm paying so more for Netflix 4k than I'm paying for HBO. And oh my God. I was like, what Netflix do you have? Yeah. I guess it's the 4k one. Cause <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm that it's, person. It's, if no, if it's, it's like available, I'm going to do it. But what? I'm just no. kind of like, I, if, unless you start, because the, the fact of the matter is the nights that I want to just put on a random movie that I want to watch, I, there's so many services now that like, it, I don't just rely on Netflix for that. Like, you know, yeah. there's so, so many places I can go to where I'm still subscribing. I'm not planning on canceling right now, but I just mean like there was a time if you asked me two, three years ago, I would have probably told you I would have Netflix till I die. But now I'm like, not sure if they keep going this direction on this trajectory they're on, it might not be think about in a couple years from now <laughs> who knows I, that's yeah. wild that you both are paying that much like i yeah. i mean i get it i'm not judging it i just yeah yeah i i don't have that subscribe i have the like hd whatever subscription because like i don't have you know a 4k tv or you know, i'm watching half the time i'm watching on my computer sometimes i'm watching on my phone like let's yeah. be honest yeah and I, you know i'm the this is not illegal because netflix allows you to do this but you know we pay <laughs> for multiple i i've my whole family is on my account yeah so Oh, you know, Halston comes out next week. We'll see. That might be our make or break. Okay. With Ewan McGregor as yeah. some fashion designy person. Yeah, I'll um 
I mean, I'll say the same. I thought it was ride or die Netflix, but it's an expensive subscription for having kind of disappointing content lately. Yeah, that is. I'm actually watching more Discovery Plus at the moment. Oh my God, I love Discovery (laughs) Plus so much. Which is like wild because I had no idea that I ever wanted to subscribe to them except for, you know, on a whim one time. on Discovery Plus? Right now. I mean, it's a little yeah. embarrassing, but I guess I'll admit it. Um, I'm watching all this say the yes to the, yes to the dresses. Oh. So there's one like, there's a Canada one, there's an Australia one. There's. Um, it was on Discovery. Well, the, Discovery Plus is also like TLC. And, they, yeah, they yeah, they're yeah and so I was, I was secretly hoping you were coming over to like Sister Wives Trashland with me. Oh, I mean, I have watched most of the seasons. She's like, that. I've been there. So I'll- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've actually watched probably five or six seasons of that. So I'm not. Totally current, I guess, but I have watched. Oh, well, I also ninety day fiance is the greatest. I highly recommend. That's yeah, that sounds like favorite. something I would enjoy to watch. I was like, I think I'm gonna have to look into it for uh, these uh, random Darren Aronofsky projects that are gonna be coming there because oh. I love him. So. Oh right, yeah. He was doing anything, and then I invested for Disney. It was like just <laughs> so I'll yeah. be coming over. <laughs> you, I mean, you can always use my login too if you want. Just let me know. Because it's, I don't know. No. The password is. For two. For two uh, tell, every, tell everybody. What for the, like a couple of wildlife uh, documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm sure I could go down a rabbit hole of watching some TLC. I will say my favorite that they've done so far on Discovery Plus is they have a comedians on couches that watches, um, what's that? This show where the couples go buy houses and you get like three choices oh. and at the end they pick one. It's really oh, boring, oh. but it's like so fascinating at the same time yeah everyone's seen it like on a hotel or like wherever but like, is it like hunters. dream house, house or something or... like house, house hunters yeah yeah i think it's yeah. house hunters but anyway they have comedians watch house hunters and they got people like oh, rogan and like whatever and it was oh hilarious oh i would watch that that's I... on discovery plus mm-hmm. so if you have discovery plus you can watch it it's wow. very wonderful i i enjoyed myself thoroughly <laughs> i laughed very hard at most of the things they were saying you know, because the whole point of watching that show is to make fun of them for being so caught up in the, you know, the paint color in the kitchen or whatever it is. I mean, also, I, I don't know if you – I have, like, a, a illusion ruining fact about that show. Yeah, they, no, I know. They, um, okay. They're in escrow yeah. before they start, right? Yeah, they already Yeah, they already bought that house. They know. Yeah. yeah. And you have to – yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, Discovery Plus, yes. But that's the thing. It's, like, so many streaming services. And I just – also, Matt, you need to buy Disney Plus at the yearly subscription because I was just going to say, you know, there's the, there's the thought of like, oh, well, what if you were to like pause and because I remember my families do that with like HBO and Showtime, right? Where it'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, call up the cable company and be like, we're done with HBO for now. And then like, you know, some new series would come out a couple months, months later. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, no, we need the HBO again. Yeah. <laughs> I do that for my other ones, like Shudder and random things that I use very intermittently. Disney Plus, there were. There will never be a time I do not have that. I Which is why it. you just need to get the so, yearly yeah. subscription. Yeah, I, I, wish I could buy it. just need to buy it like fifty years in advance. Just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought the. I do the yearly for that one because I'm oh, positive. I did the the sign on three year deal. I was like, sure, why not? I'm gonna do this for three years. No, it's, it's no. fine. I was, I was like, they could stop producing new content and like just having all of my favorite animated films at the touch of my finger whenever I want them. Like, I'm never gonna not have it. Just, Honestly, just like, for the Mandalorian alone, I was like, no. Yeah, right. I mean, take my money, you know. Yeah. Honestly, Disney gets all of my money, though. Really, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even really want to contemplate like 
the percentage of my nope don't do that math don't do it don't do it Um, I got my credit card bill from Disneyland don't do that math like like it's just it's not worth it because I just it just made me so sad to know how much it's about joy yeah at one point in time because I you know that childhood house I grew up in, we were in for a really long time. And I somehow inherited the cable account. Uh, and I just took it with me when I moved in within California, because I, this is so weird, but we wanted to keep our landline phone number, just because like so many people had it. And and my dad was a doctor and people were, you know, calling it just in case like the hospital called every once in a while. So it was like for a long time, I kept it. And I kept I don't know if the two of you do this, but I would negotiate with the cable company every every time my contract was up. Mm-hmm. It'd like spike 50 bucks. And I'd just be like, hello, I'd like to speak to the retention department. And I would always ask for what's the HBO deal or what's the Showtime deal. And at one point, somebody looked at the account. They're like, you have had the HBO promo like 20 times because the account was so old and we yeah. you know, negotiated it so many times. I was like, yeah, and we've been a customer that, that long. long. Yeah. So, and they're like, no, okay, fine. <laughs> well, they don't have a leg to stand on. You literally just have to call them every time. And then yeah, they give every you something time. different. It's yeah. just, it's such a bad joke. It's such it's a joke. But yeah, yeah, I, I had a similar experience with that where I would do that all the time. And fun fact, when I first moved out with my first two roommates, I got a landline. I like literally was thinking like, oh yeah, well, of course we're going to have a landline. Like it was Yeah, because we were old. Know, like it was, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. have a landline. But yeah, only got solicitor calls and <laughs> I kept my landline way, way, way too long. In part because they incentivize like the triple play, right? They're like, oh, you want cable and TV? Like add a phone line. It's actually theoretically cheaper. He just, I was like, okay, all right. But then and- I had to buy a phone and then it rang all the time. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it rang with no I mean, one I ever wanted to talk have to. You to have the phone. <laughs> you could That's just unplug no. the phone. I know. And then I, but I was too dumb to think about that right at the, at the time. And then eventually I did and it all worked out, but it just, it just <laughs> I mean, it, it, it became extra funny because like as Californians, I think the great fear was always earthquakes, right? It was like, oh, if you have a landline, you can make a phone call, but with all the new ones, it's actually all digital landlines. And so right. it's through like your cable <laughs> modem router <laughs> thingy. And so we'd be, it's, I don't know why I wasted so much money on that. I know. Oh, uh, right. Well, Somehow we've gotten onto this topic. So let's tangent more. Uh, moving on, we watched a film called Together Together. I am very curious. Did you two know anything about this film or was it just like Dana said, go watch this film? Oh, no. Saw the trailer for it when we watched trailer. French Exit. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And um, we laughed because the guy's name is Matt and he wants to have a kid by himself, which Matt is pro to do at some point in his life. And so yep. we were laughing that they made a movie about him without his permission. Mm. And then it turns out... Didn't even get my likeness. I mean, yeah, not close. Also, the guy is way more awkward than you are. But he (laughs) also loves friends. (laughs) So it's a little bit intense on how much this person is like you in in some ways. Yeah, I mean, to be completely fair, I was like, I mean, I was watching it and I I felt very seen by the the story idea. And then I'm watching it and then I was like, God, this guy's a loser. And then... (laughs) Then he started showing her friends, and then I quickly did not like her because then she was talking crap about my show Friends, which, you know, I know people do. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow, what a, what a switcheroo here. Because I was like, honestly, if I had a surrogate and we were hanging out um, and she hadn't seen Friends, I You'd probably make them would show friends. her friends. <laughs> so, so I was like, this is real. This is real yeah. life. So it, so it felt very realistic in some aspects. Yeah. But I, overall, I thought the movie was super cute. Like, I thought there were things about it I didn't love, and there was some awkwardness that was like, oh, that, which I know was intentional. But overall, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was a nice little cute, quiet movie. 
I liked it. Jackie? What I really liked about it was how contained the story was. They were Mm -hmm. very careful to make sure that the story was really just about them. Like, you didn't really see many scenes, and I can't even recall a single one, but I think there were some where they weren't together, right? There weren't very many interactions that the other one isn't sort of involved with in some way. Yeah, so I, very few. Yeah. I think with like the parents, right? That's yeah, the it was like parents, like him telling his family right. yeah, just and that. things like that. But it kind of went from starting as his film and his story and then it kind of turned into her story in a lot of ways, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting the way they structured that because it's him starting this process and then her becoming part of his life and then it immediately becoming about her because she is the one who is going through it. You know, yeah. so it's like, I kind of thought that was a subtle little nice way to tell it. I did think that some attempts at humor I didn't like very much. Like I thought their rapport was was fun and I laughed at some things that happened between them. Did not like, did not find her coworker funny. Did not the really barista. find. Yeah. Yeah. Did not find the, um, what, 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 the lady in the doctor's office. I can't remember what her title oh, was. Oh no, but Tig Notaro? Yeah, I did not. No, no, I like Tig. No, Tig oh, Notaro okay. I thought was hilarious. She was okay. the one. Tig was but, fantastic. Um, no, uh, um, for like the, the doctor visits. I can't remember what. The, what like assi- the was, assistant. But... She was like, I'm a physician's assistant. I can't. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think most of her stuff landed. And, and to be fair to those actors, I think that part of it was like the writing was just not very funny. But also I, they could have done better. But oh. Tig I loved. And then everyone else. I thought it was great. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. No. That kind of made me cringe. I agree. I think it was a little, it was so awkward that I probably wouldn't watch it. I mean, I won't watch it a lot, basically. Like, I'm not saying I'll never watch it again because I'm sure if someone really wanted to watch it, I would do it because I did like it. But it was awkward enough for me that I, I just needed more humor to break up the awkwardness. Um, and either it just wasn't written for my, my sense of humor, right? I did chuckle a couple of times. I'm not saying I didn't, but I feel like it just needed like just a little more punch of humor to break through some of the awkward interactions a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that was those, those characters roles and they didn't really accomplish it, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. Um, But I did think some of the emotional beats really did hit for me. I really loved the ending actually. And her sort of ending after this relationship and like how it feels to, to birth uh, something that you will not keep. Right. Yeah. Even if you know that from the beginning and, and how can you not have your life sort of intertwine a little bit for this brief moment in time? Yeah. So I liked a lot of it. Yeah. The yeah. ending really worked for me, especially because, like I said, it became her story. I what love is- just like focusing in on her, her face, the baby's out. You hear the baby crying. He's thrilled and everything, but that's where it ends for her. Right. And you mm-hmm. just don't, you know, see, and it's over. You never I see his that. reaction because it's not important. Right. Yeah. Because that's not part of it. We already knew how he was going to feel. Right. We knew. And so it was a very good and she did a very good job in that moment, too. I felt like she was very, uh, very good. It It also felt very autobiographical to me. And I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure either. But it did. It could be be prescient, you know. Yeah. yeah, Um, Because it was a woman who wrote it because she introduced it in the theater. Not herself. On on screen. But on screen. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I I watched it during Sundance and I feel like there's a thing like festival goggles where you see so many films that and this was one of the more put together, pun intended, films of the ones I'd seen and so I was like oh I really enjoyed this also I really I liked the content but I was worried that was it because I just watched a bunch of crap right. you know next to it and I think the thing I like the most about it is 
I can't believe I'm going to say this, but we rarely get films like this that have a male perspective, right? Like usually if it's characters who are single, it's the woman who is potentially wants to have a romantic relationship or is having those thoughts, or it's a woman being shamed, not shamed, but yeah, shamed, shamed for like not having a kid yet and wanting to do it on her own. I'm trying to think of, and I'm wondering if any come to mind for you two of films that are from sort of this male perspective. Not many that I can think of, and especially probably not many that are written from a, a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. So, like, I appreciate that she wrote uh, the man character kind of from the guy, like, kind of from, like, what I, if, I don't know if she is, has personal experience with this or not, with the story in real life. I really don't know. But it felt like she could have. And if she did or didn't, she still wrote the him through our lead protagonist female's eyes in a way you know what I mean so it's kind yeah. of like with how he was acting and the questions he was asking and stuff and he was a really nice guy but was really obviously like just uneducated about a lot of things to do with what being a woman is and just all kinds of stuff and I thought that it was it was treated in a in a sensitive way though and it was uh nothing was like offensive to me or to I nothing read that it would be offensive in those ways I hope it wasn't you know whereas if it had been about a guy and it was written by a guy it might have been a little more tone deaf mm-hmm yeah, I, I, I think it was by a guy written by a guy. They would have ended up together. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just thankful they didn't. I was so, I we was were so worried they so were. So worried they were going to end up together, yeah. and I was going to be so upset. But yeah, I really love the representation of you know men who want to become single parents. Right? I think we have we haven't seen too many stories of women who want to become single parents either. To be fair, and they touched on that too, where it was like, yeah, oh, the woman's did. doing it. You're like, oh, so. Poor, poor you. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. it's a guy, you're like, oh, that's great. But like, that's how it's always portrayed. But we don't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, and so we need representation in both places because, you know, as someone who's nearing 40, <laughs> uh, sentence really She's all But um, anyway, I know I do have friends who have chosen to have babies by themselves. You know, in my experience, I, I know two women who have chosen to do it you know, separately of each other, they're single, whatever, two separate friends. And they were having a very difficult time finding resources for single parents who weren't divorced, you know, or or have that sort of baggage. They just wanted to know other people who wanted to have babies by themselves or, you know, reached a point in their lives where they knew this is something they wanted and they didn't have a partner yet. And so they made the choice that they were going to go through with this and, you know, hopefully be able to part, find a partner later, but they weren't, you know, they weren't willing to sacrifice being young enough to have children. And I just think it's, it's a, a really valid life choice. And we don't talk about it ever really about people choosing it. Right. Well, yeah. or, or there's like this, ter- this terrible example kept coming to mind, the Jennifer Lopez movie, the backup plan right. where she, you know, it's she plays a single mother or she plays someone who chooses to become a single mother. Like she gets artificially inseminated and then meets the guy of her dreams. Right. It's like, it's, I feel like it's trying to scare you, you right, know, yeah. it, even though it, it's, I think it has a happy ending. Yeah. But, but it's, it's saying, you know, fulfillment is through actually like a relationship as opposed to, I always look at in real life, like Mindy Kaling as someone who I'm like, well, if Mindy Kaling is allowed to do it, yeah. hopefully it's okay for the rest of us eventually. Like, well, I always thought, I mean, Felicia Day never said this, but I always assumed that she did too. She never released anything mm. about the father. Oh, I didn't know she had a kid. Mm. She's been very private oh. about it. She just one day Good was like, her. I had a kid. And yeah. She didn't yeah. have a partner. 
than anyone knew of, of course. It's very valid to also have a hidden partner that you don't expose the whole sure, internet yeah. to. Um, so yeah, if that is the case, totally fine. But I always just sort of, to me, thought, oh, maybe she's just that person who had the means to be able to be a single parent and decided to go for it. Yeah, yeah that is love, one of the challenges with those you know, two examples, right? There are two people who can afford to be single mothers without... And not that, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And the movie that kept getting called to mind when I was watching this was a shameless love I have for a movie that is silly and dumb, but is Baby Mama with mm. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I find that movie hilarious, mm-hmm. and I still watch it to this day. Obviously full of what the trope you just mentioned, where it's like, you know, she's having wants to have a baby of her own, and then she does meet Greg Kinnear, and it ends up, oh, and then it actually by the end of it, she ends up getting pregnant, the one in a million chance. When, yeah. But if you remember that film, like Amy Poehler's lying about actually the pregnancy after having taken and then she finds out it did take, but it actually is her baby. It's not Tina. So it's like this whole thing. Well, so while watching this, I kept expecting some sort of like explosive, like, oh no, drama to appear. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that it didn't, but I was expecting it to. Right. And so it felt very real and raw in that way where it was just kind of like, okay, this is actually just a story about a really successful um, taking of this. And, you know, and that's fine. And really focused on the interpersonal relationships. And so back to the point of like, you know, from a man's gaze or whatever, as like Jackie mentioned, I, I don't know what my life looks like in the future. I just know I don't really like people enough to like think about living with one aside from like a child that I'm raising or something, but I don't know what my future looks like, but I do, I've always thought I wanted at least a kid and maybe two, I don't know. And so this is something that if I ever had the money to do it, potentially maybe I would explore it. And so it was kind of cool to see that. Cause I do think men, when it comes to, children and live that kind of stuff um in media but just in the world there's just toxic masculinity and i think it's mm-hmm. not a very macho thing for a man to just want to have a baby because he wants a baby you know yeah the, the guy has to be like oh well she's gonna raise the kid and i'm gonna go mm-hmm. work and this and that. it's like that's how we always are so used to seeing it and so that was nice or it's like oh i'll i guess you know i i get her out of it or him or whoever you know i get a partner out yeah. of it I'm open to kids yeah. is more often than not the kids and she wanted a kid. So I gave her a kid like that kind yeah. of whatever, like that kind of thing. And so it was really nice to see it normalized in that way where, you know, no one was watching this thing like, wow, what a loser he is. I don't think in that way he was in other ways kind of weird, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he, yeah, I, I, I do I wish it. he was a little bit less of a square, Yeah, but, it, but that's of course the hardest part about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing representation for a whole genre of people, obviously it's not going to be a perfect fit every but time. But to be fair, he's a character going through this this very unconventional thing that like we don't see ever as a normalized thing so he's probably freaking out about how weird it looks to people you know yeah. too so it's also very real yeah the way people react to him i am very curious were either of you at any point in the film doesn't mean how you ended in the film but were you rooting for them as a couple potentially at any point no never i admit that at one point no, briefly, I found myself rooting for them as a couple because I just feel that I, you know, we've been conditioned so much by every film that we see or TV show or whatever it is that if you see a couple who has any sort of chemistry or any sort of banter, like there's a chance that they will uh, hook up or you should be rooting for them to hook up. Like Friends is probably actually a good example of something where it's like, oh, we have been manipulated into finding that these two characters who really should be platonic, like, oh God, I, you know, yeah, like anyone who Joey hooked up with of them you know i just like no they're all just friends they should just be friends what's happening here but because they jam it down our throats at one point in watching this film i was like do i want them to be more than that because i also just like they seem to make each other happy in a platonic way so i was like i just want them to both be happy yeah, yeah. i can understand that but i am very happy they didn't and i, I yeah, will say I, that yeah. like 
you know, and, and also Hollywood trains us that a 27-year-old act, actress can definitely be with someone who's 45 plus. So, you know, that's. And I like that they brought that up. In the yeah. So, yeah. But I loved that whole thing. And I just, I just wanted it to be kind of a quiet story about this guy's life and not be fantastical in the sense of like them ending up together because that's very pretty unlikely and and so I like I liked that it wasn't and it didn't go there. And I you know I love a romantic subplot mm-hmm. so I had a moment where I was I I wasn't hoping they'd get together but I I you know thought like oh yeah they've got cute cute rapport cute banter and sometimes there is that this might be a Hollywood trope as well but as someone who's not ever really actively looking to really really date I'm not closed off to the idea that like, oh, something, you might meet someone that could happen and it's like when you're not looking for it, like, you know, that kind of thing. So I kind of, I like those stories well enough, but I was still actively actually very like, oh, please don't go there. Please don't do this. Because I just didn't, I didn't want the film to be typical and I was glad that right. it just didn't do anything really typical in, that, in those ways. But it's funny when you brought up Friends, it triggered me when I was like, oh God, the one thing where I was liking her the whole time, what I didn't like from her, and I actually turned to Jackie and said this in the movie, was when she was first criticizing Friends, which it's fine. There, there are things you can criticize about Friends. But she was going off on like the whole like, oh, and they know it. Just, oh, they're still friends from college and all this. She's like, you still talk to your college friends? And I'm like, girl, they're 26 in the show when it starts. Like that's their age. And the, the actors really were around that age. And so I was like, we actually see Rachel turn 30 in like season three or four or something like that. So it's like, I for sure, I still talk to college people, but I for sure was friends with college people when I was 26. You know, yeah. so I thought her. I thought the weird criticism was so weird, and I was like, oh, "Pick something else." So that bothered me from a writing standpoint. Yeah, that that is that is odd. Yeah, from a writing standpoint, that was weird because I'm like, you could annoy, you could be annoyed with a lot more about this show than that. Yeah, like I went and saw college friends when I was down in LA. Like that's what yeah. I that's what I did. And at this point, she hadn't been to college yet, so she yeah, well, she like, hadn't even finished. So like, I was like, "How do you know? How do you know?" <laughs> yeah. Which I guess we see she didn't, but it was a weird thing to like nitpick when you don't even have the personal experience to say, well, I'm not, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's an odd one. This, it didn't I just, ruin the movie. It just... I know. All of this makes me, I like, I don't know if we should talk about this because I don't want to turn into, but did you all see this bull, it's, I think I find it, well, I don't know if it's bullshit. This thing about Matthew Perry that came out today. Yeah. No. It was, I saw it like a couple days ago, I thought, but like the... the I mean, it may, sorry, I saw it today. Oh, okay, I don't, yeah. Like, I don't, just because we keep talking about Friends and then we just talked about the age gap. I don't... Yeah. All I read was that some he, he matched with some 19-year-old on Raya, which is a dating app for verified, you know, like people, influencers and actors and whoever. And she posted a video of him like facetiming with her and it sounds like i think even she admitted this like there was nothing overly untoward it's a dating app so you are both going into this you're both technically adults yes 19 is young but she also put an age range of up to you know 50s they matched he you know messaged her it sounded like again like it was relatively common dating stuff right it was just like oh hey like let's chat a little bit yeah, it's still gross, though. He knows she was 19. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I, I, I have a mixed thing about it because I'm like, and, and to be clear, I'm not saying, I'm not defending him because of friends, like, at all. Like, I, I, it's not like that. But it's a thing where it's, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, it's gross. Like, oh, this person's this much younger than you. But also at the same time, people do date this way. And it's like, 
I didn't think from what she was saying that anything he was doing sounded extremely like crazy predatory or something really it's gross that he's so much older Mm -hmm. and you know that's a problem obviously with more with men with younger women than it is the other way around but then we always because that's a problem with men and it's not usually the other way around when it is the other way around we celebrate it yeah and I still would think oh a 19 year old boy would be gross with you know if, if, if a woman Matthew Perry's age was doing that I think it was gross in that same kind of way too but yeah, I don't know. He just wasn't coming across in some crazy predatory way where it almost felt like she was more just doing it for some few minutes of fame real quick. Yeah. You know? And and so I think it goes back to the point about as society, we have normalized the idea of men being much older. It's acceptable to date younger women, whether or not that's actually true. Generally speaking, there seems to be a lot more tolerance for it. And so yeah. I could see how he and I do think the one I don't know if it's a good thing, but the one slightly equalizing thing about something like Raya is theoretically Theoretically, not actually, but theoretically, you are both of some sort of clout and influence, right? So you're not just picked from obscurity. You're not necessarily using your Hollywood clout, etc. to be a predator at this person, right? And take advantage of the situation from a power dynamic. It's Yes, it's still uneven because she's a TikTok star and he's been he's making friends money, right? Or he gets friends residuals. But anyway, this was a tangent and it just it's been on my mind. And we kept talking about friends and I was like, no, but it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because we're talking about friends. We also touched on the older with the younger, you know, and obviously their age gap in the film was like lesser. Not than as this. significant. Yeah. But but yeah, it's like, you know, a 50 something year old guy. I, don't, yeah. I just don't think you should be matching with 19 year olds if you're 50. But then by the same token, should a 19 year old be matching with a 50 year old? Yeah, but they don't know as much. Like, that's the thing is like, I just no, I, I agree. Like, like I. 19 is definitely an adult. I'm not saying that it's overly predatory or anything like that, but I do find it gross. Yeah, I just, I'm sure she's been conditioned that it's okay and like all this stuff. And I, I think it's more gross about society than maybe the individuals involved is my. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that's what I agree with too, is that it's, it's not something that I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't often find myself attracted to people, most people in their twenties, to be honest. So it's like, I don't see myself being 50, being attracted to 19 year olds. But it's, it's like, yeah, it's become this, it's this thing that's too normalized in society to a point where it's kind of like, you know, and then I, it's like, yeah, when we talk about should she be matching with someone that old? No, she shouldn't. But yeah, okay. You know, she's the younger one here. So it's like, okay. But then she knew enough about what she was doing to do this, to go onto TikTok to say, like, it's not like something happened that was like, oh, this is crazy. I have to report this. It was like, let me just go explain this to you. It's like she tried, she did it to him on purpose. Yeah, it was, it, it definitely like felt like him, a, but, yeah. But I just mean, she knew what she was doing to do that. So it was a thing where it was like, okay, to make a statement, make a point. It makes a point. It does. But it just kind of also like drags something where it's like, yeah, this is a bigger societal issue, but I don't necessarily think Matthew Perry is like a disgusting human for it I guess, in a weird way. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I, Jackie, I'm with you in that I do think it's uncomfortable, especially because like thinking back to being 19, I was like, I was a dumbass. Like, yes, you are an adult. And yes, you can be a consenting adult for sure. You know, because if it was like a 19 and a 20 year old, we wouldn't have any problem with it. We'd be like, oh, yeah, OK, well, you know, do your thing. I think what we are thinking about it in terms of is like the long term parameters, right, where we're like, oh, yes. People hook up to, you know, live the rest of their lives together and his the rest of his life is going to be a lot shorter than hers. But like that's, you know, maybe they were just looking to hook up and she could be sex positive and yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. I just have lots of complicated, confused feelings about it. <laughs> but my gut yeah. reaction too was also like, ooh, 19. Yeah. Like, you know, I fully acknowledge. Yeah. You're a teenager. Yeah. You a child. Yeah. Anyway, so it sounds like no to Jupiter's Legacy and yes to Together Together. 
Yeah, I'd go with mm-hmm. that. Yep. Okay. Cool. I can't speak to if you've read the comics and loved them. I can't speak to it. Yeah, I don't know. As a and blind, I'm saying no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you haven't read the comics, don't watch it. If you have, let us know. If you, yeah. if you like I'm it curious. better than we expected. Yeah. Or if it is actually true to the comics and you also like those, that's also a valid thing. We just happen to not like Yeah, the same it wasn't thing. terrible, I think. I don't but the fact that I don't have, you know, it's unmemorable and I Yeah. The the time jumping didn't work for me. Well, and what, uh, I'll, what I'll leave it with was you brought up Invincible and I enjoyed Invincible as well. I, while watching this, I actually did, I thought a little bit about kind of like, this is so kind of out there and the special effects weren't very good when they were having that big fight with the guy who looked like, what's his, it just was a lot. It was just very, eh. yeah. Yeah. and I was like, this would, I could see this being more successful and more entertaining if it was an animated show, like an adult yeah. animated show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I, last thing on it, I was like, the religious aspect was unexpected for me. Yeah. It was bizarre. Like it felt, it. And this, it probably gets more aggressive in some of the later episodes, but there's just like a lot of prayer and religious parable and all this stuff. I'm like, what is, is this secretly like, and, and hearing that Mark Miller, I don't know Mark Miller's background, but like, I'm like, did he, did he grow up like in a confused Catholic? Like what, you know, <laughs> just feels like somebody, somebody was trying to work something out and they just weren't doing a great job of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel that. Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you as per usual to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. So Depending on how you define a Netflix original series, there are two answers to the question, which was the first series? In 2012, Netflix debuted their first, and I'm putting air quotes up, original series called Lilyhammer, which starred Steve Van Zandt, aka Little Steven of the E Street Band, or Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Steve Van Zandt also starred in The Sopranos, so he's also an actor, but this show was only partially funded by Netflix, and it actually premiered on Norway on network TV first, and then was brought over to Netflix, but it was the first to have that sort of Netflix original series branding. But if you want to define it based on the show being wholly produced by Netflix, then the answer to the question is, the first Netflix original series is House of Cards, which debuted in 2013. I think it's relevant to talk about both just because based on our conversation of what they're willing to sort of slap the Netflix original series label on. And then to answer Matt's question of, have there been any sort of outstanding Netflix original produced films that stood out to me? The one that actually comes to mind is Always Be My Maybe, but that came out all the way back in 2019. That's not that long ago, but it feels like a long time ago in movie land as well. And then I guess sort of a semi-honorable mention to the 40-year-old version from 2020 and Dolomite Is My Name in 2019, but I had to look those up to remember them. And I didn't have to look up Always Be My Maybe to remember it, but I just honestly couldn't remember how recent it was. And I didn't know if that fit the question at the time, but... The fact that it didn't pop into my brain immediately still says something. And then the HBO show I was referring to that suddenly dropped their last four episodes on HBO Max was called Industry. Technically, it's an HBO original, as is His Dark Materials. So they were releasing the show still weekly, but for some reason they decided to drop episodes four through eight of an eight episode series, so half the series, on HBO Max as they were continuing to air them. So by the time week four aired on TV, you could have watched the rest of the series, but they kept airing the last few episodes on TV. I'm not 100% sure what the logic behind that was. Meh. And then the Darren Aronofsky streaming series that Matt was talking about is actually on Disney Plus via Nat Geo. It's not on Discovery Plus, so if you have Disney Plus, you'll be able to see it. I think he's doing something with like Will Smith. We were not really able to find any information on whether or not Together Together, which is directed by Nicole Beckwith, was autobiographical or semi-autobiographical. It doesn't sound like it, honestly, is what it comes down to, but 
just pointing that out. And then finally to go back to Jupiter's legacy, just because there was a comment at the very end, it turns out I was right. Mark Miller actually is a practicing Catholic and he writes some very dark storylines that deal with some very adult mature themes and some of them get a little uh, but I guess in real life he's sort of very squeaky clean doesn't swear the type of person so I guess art is an outlet for him working through those things. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.